for this country. And if you're going to let Dick Cheney do that, it, you're, you you got to really look in the mirror and ask yourself why. Amen, brother. So be patriotic and get these fools Dick, out of... Dick Cheney and his corporate pals have not filled their coffers yet. There's still billions of dollars for them to take in the next 18 months, and they're ready to take it. This has been Renegade Solutions. <laughs> A box of chocolates Would I know To stay away oh, I said If Pandora's box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe That means I have Half a mind to stay Good evening. It's actually good afternoon. It's till light. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Hi, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food. And today we have a guest in the studio and we have something very important to talk about, something that could affect all of us, but it's kind of under the radar. My guest is Claire Mader. Hello. Hi. Claire is from the Sierra Club's National GMO Committee and GMO being genetically modified organisms and... We're going to try to cover something that would normally take about nine hours to cover in a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> and throw in the farm bill while we're at it. <laughs> right, that's it. The farm bill. In fact, let's let's get right into that. The farm bill is something that is now being formulated in Congress. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people know about it necessarily, but it's something that could affect all of us. Would you like to talk about that? or? I would. And, and thank you, Mike, for having me on your show. And um, I just want to mention kudos out to... Dr. Kami Pathakuchi for recommending to me to you as an alternative to her being your guest today. It's quite an honor. And let me just say um, at the outset here of our conversation that the brilliant New York Times food columnist uh, Michael Pollan, who a lot of people have read and look forward to reading his columns, has said that the farm bill should be renamed the food bill. And that's so that people would better understand the personal implications of the decisions that are being made by the representatives in Washington. Hmm. Ignorance at this point is really becoming more and more costly to both our generation and all future generations. And at risk are public health, environmental health, biodiversity, the livelihoods of small and medium-sized farmers, the production of organic foods and, pr- and protection of organic foods, the privatization of the food commons, which is a huge huge issue that's related to genetically engineered organisms, and the democratic principles that protect your right to have a say-so about these concerns, even those that food democracy is being undermined in this current food um, farm bill as it's to being developed. So I think it's important to know what we can do politically, how we can engage ourselves in the process of creating this piece of national legislation that will impact us all. 
And I want to encourage your listeners to participate in the process. Mm-hmm. And it's their, their right as a citizen to get involved with the negotiations of creating the farm bill or what we could call the farm, the food bill. Let's just right. rename it. It's mm-hmm. the food bill mm-hmm. by getting in touch with your representatives in, in Washington. And for Michiganders, it's really important that they know that Senator Debbie Stabenow is on the Senate Agricultural Committee who will be drafting their version of a farm bill. And Representative Tim Wahlberg from mid-Michigan is on the House um, Ag Committee. So those are two direct connections with the outcome that we have a right to call upon as constituents of theirs. So Senator Debbie Stabenow and Representative Tim Wahlberg, both from Michigan. Yes. Now this farm bill kind of hinges, well, it's a big bill. I mean, they're covering just about everything you can imagine when it comes to food in this country, how it's processed, how much of it can be made and how it can be shipped and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And some very interesting words kind of got slipped in recently, didn't they? Yes. Um, in fact, it's it's about everything that we don't want is being <laughs> slipped into there. Uh, but a lot of things that we do want are also being slipped into there. So maybe what, I, what I'd like to do is talk about what we want to advocate for to begin with, because it's always nice for me to start off with what it is we want and mm-hmm. then sure. say what it is we perhaps are in direct opposition to and be sure to make it your voice known on both accounts because there's a lot of good things to advocate for here. Mm -hmm. So what do we want in a farm bill that reflects what most people would enjoy? We want our farm bill to contribute to our health by by supporting the diversity of fruits and vegetables instead of the abundance of commodity growers like those that produce the high fructose corn syrup and the endless fields of genetically engineered soybeans. Mm -hmm. We want to get back to a diversification of crops. We want a farm bill that contributes to the health of local economies with support, especially for small and minority farmers, for rural economies and programs that connect farmers to local markets and institutions like hospitals and schools. We want a farm bill that reflects the growing concern for the environment, that promotes farmland conservation, habitat and open space conservation, and sustainable agriculture, not the sort of monoculture runaway system that is that has kind of overtaken a lot of our farmland. We want a, a farm bill that protects every citizen's right to know what's in their food, how it got there, and also that protects our right to choose what we welcome into our bodies. Right. Yeah. I mean, we have to face it that eating is a very private act. It's very intimate. What you eat becomes who you are walking around on the planet. And you should have a right to make as clear a choice as possible and as informed a choice as possible. There's a lot of uh, ways that we don't really think about what we eat. And some people are putting a lot more and more effort into it, but it seems like the information isn't always there. Well, we have to reclaim it. It's something that uh, previous generations could take for granted. But in the past 50 years in this country, we've really become extremely alienated from the source of our food. And we take it for granted that our federal regulatory bodies are protecting us, the FDA, especially people think that nothing gets into the food system without the approval of the FDA. And mm. that's really a stretch at this point to really believe that they have our best interest at heart because there is a confused mandate for our, for our federal regulatory bodies, which we can get into as we talk about GMOs. But... Um, 
So with this farm bill, what we want to promote is food democracy. We want to keep citizens involved in the creation of rules, regulations, and laws related to food safety and farming. We don't want to rely simply on the so-called scientific experts who may have already been sold out by the big agribusiness companies. We want citizens who have a right to know what's in their food to not have to, you know, give up that right because they're so-called not experts. Um, we want to say no to big corporations, no to big commodity marketers, and the globalization that's an endless search of cheap labor. We just want to say no to the privatization of food sources that comes with GMOs. So the more alienated citizens become from their food, the more easily the whole system becomes dangerous. So in the time to act is now. And the representatives are very likely available locally during the July 4th congressional break. So you can find out where they are, what their schedule is, where they're appearing in public. You can buttonhole them there on site and let them know what you care about. So you can go to their websites and find out? You can usually call their local offices and find out what their schedule is. Um, But alternatively, you can also... Um, send out a phone call, a fax, an email through um, their uh, their personal websites, or you can take advantage of some of the very helpful websites that are helping us to act quickly and decisively with language that should be heard by those that are trying to make these negotiations happen. Okay. So uh, the Farm Bill is what we're talking about, if you've just happened to have tuned in. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to talk about about the Farm Bill. You've talked just now about some of the things you would like to see in the Farm Bill. And uh, I guess I'd be interested to hear what has been put into the Farm Bill that concerns you. Well, things that I'm happy about, that I'm excited about, are... Um, there. Well, there's a couple of things that you're listeners might be really interested in, Mike, we we need to be advocating for maintaining the $30 million mandatory authorization of something called community food projects. And these are um, uh, community food projects seek to um, bridge food security problems in our food system. Their food security is at risk or non-existent for millions of Americans. And Food security, I, I should say, is a key phrase. It's something that we might not think of we take for granted basically are you are you going to go hungry right there's a lot of people going hungry every Mm -hmm. day in america there's a lot of food in america but a lot of people are going uh, hungry access all over the world including in america access to food has to do with whether you have money or not it has nothing to do with the amount of food that is being grown Mm -hmm. whole shiploads of food are dumped into the ocean when people are starving people are starving not because there isn't enough food it's because they don't have money to buy the food Mm 49 percent of detroit's children live in poverty so that means they are having a problem with food security yeah so even though it's a nice little catchphrase it has very real and very um you know, heartbreaking. If you th- stop and think about the face of a child and imagine them going hungry, it, it doesn't sit well no. with those of us that are well fed. So supporting community food projects would be one way to try to mitigate that, begin mitigating that problem a little bit more decisively as a society. And we can do better by everyone by supporting projects that relocalize the food and connect us all to the direct relationship between food and health. Um, one of the bills that is in um, under consideration right now is the, um, oh, I'm going to forget what the name of it is. 
geographic. Um, it's the one that, that supports, and this is all you need, really need to know, is that it's the bill that would support um, farm-to-cafeteria programs. Hmm. And this is the one that has a preference for geographically um, grown food. And so what you really need to say to your representative is that you want it, the barriers to be dropped that are preventing farm-to-school projects. Um, this is really important. It's something that a lot of people are behind, and the more they're behind it, the more they're frustrated by what's preventing it from going forward. There's a lot of will behind this in the citizenry, but we need the, it's called the geographic preferences for schools. Mm, okay. Well, I <laughs> and think, then, oh, I think... And there's one more that I want to mention, and that is... Um, Oh, <laughs> I, there's so much, there's Mike. There's just so much. Well, there's just, another one really important. I might be able to recall it in a minute, but maybe I can jump over to the one we don't want. Well, first, I'll just mention real quick. Uh, I think about the agrarian adventure. Yes, in that's Ann Arbor. local. Yes, they've very on, important. They've been on my show. They're they're not just a garden in a middle school. They're a garden that is about that is they're trying to make it a part of the curriculum, and their eventual goal is to grow their own food that they can not only serve in their own cafeteria but also make available to other schools. Well, and they're creating a model that's really important um, to help kids reconnect to their food um, in a way that you and I probably never got to when we were growing up um, mm -hmm. because we grew up pretty alienated from our food source. But if we could help kids reconnect, not only by growing their food, but being aware of the farmers that could potentially supply the food in their food, in their uh, school meal programs. Mm -hmm. And that also means we can regain control over what those food sources are and maybe do something about getting the GMOs out of kids' lunches, which is another huge problem um, in this country. Uh, we're, we're basically feeding our kids stuff that's unproven, untested, and unlabeled. The GMOs being genetically modified organisms, which yes. are everything from genetically modified seeds to genetically modified... Uh, plants. Plants. And plants that have animal or bacterial or viral... Um, DNA inserted into them that look like normal plants, but their uh, genetic code is is pretty radical for anything that's existed previously mm -hmm. in the history of agriculture and food and and life on the planet for that matter. And this brings me to the the one big um, piece of the farm bill that's been inserted very strangely. Um, into the farm bill that we have to strongly, strongly oppose with, um, see, some very harmful language was slipped into the House Farm Bill, the House version, by the Livestock, Dairy, and Poultry Subcommittee, and it was allowed to pass into the soon-to-be-released versions of the House Farm Bill, hmm. and it's called Section 123 or 123 Title One. And it's a sweeping provision that would have the effect of wiping out important food safety, farmer and animal uh, welfare protections that are already in place in states and municipalities nationwide. It takes away powers traditionally exercised by states and localities to protect public health, ensure humane treatment of animals, and establish agricultural policies and programs that benefit and protect the state environment and economy. It's the latest attempt, and just the latest attempt, of major agribusiness players to grab power away from the people. 
It's backward, undemocratic, and dangerous to freedom, liberty, and the pursuit of good health and happiness, something they all say they're all for. Mm. One easy way to send a letter to Washington regarding your opposition to this Section 123 added language is through the CenterForFoodSafety.org website. They have a letter that's already drafted that you're encouraged to personalize with your own thoughts, and then they'll make sure it gets to the right people for you. And you can also use your phone calls and faxes or emails to advocate for support of the healthy food and community provisions and to oppose both. You know, you can do them both in the same phone call and then they'll know where you're coming from. And I guess, uh, so that section one, two, three, I mean, I was just thinking Michigan just passed a, a bill, actually passed a law last year that says local governments cannot set their own rules for genetically modified seeds or things like that if I understand right. correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if there might be a township that wants to say, no, we don't want any genetically modified wheat, well, now the state can say, no, you can't pass that. If you want to try to pass it, you have to go through the state. And you kind of have to prove that the township has already been hurt. And so it, it gets through these hoops that you have to get through. And now this farm bill is saying, well, no, the state can't even decide what the township is going to do. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's going to be up to the federal government to decide what... Lodi Township will do, and whatever township in Pennsylvania will do, it'll all be federal. Yeah, and one of the reasons why this doesn't work for citizens is because citizens most often have the best access to people who represent them on a local level. It's very hard for a citizen to get the attention of someone on the state level or especially someone on the federal level. So the way that the citizens can feel most empowered is by talking to the people in their own communities that are representing them in their local body of government. And often it's the local bodies of government that draw attention to people on the state level, and it's the states that draw attention to the people on the federal level for what people want. So to cut out the voices of the people at the local level is to basically usurp democracy so that it's only working in favor of those who have the corporate lobbying money and the political money to give to to candidates' campaigns, re-election campaigns, um, that they get the largest voice and they're really trying to cut out our voices entirely. And the biggest reason for this is related right back to GMOs and Mm. the genetic engineering of food. Um, and the genetic engineering organisms that are going into our food. And the, the reason why this all got kicked up in the first place, I believe, is because Mendocino County, California, was the first county, followed by three other counties in California, who um, b- basically created their own laws to regulate um, GMOs being grown and being um, how they're handled in their county. And Mm. then there are several um, New England towns and municipalities that have also passed their own laws saying that they don't like the way that the federal government is handling this issue of genetically engineered organisms in our society now. And they want a voice and they want to say so. Mm -hmm. Mendocino County was was successful. And so that's why other local municipalities took up that sort of banner to say, you know, food democracy, food democracy starts at home and we want to say so about this new technology this very powerful technology that's basically on runaway in our system right now but that has freaked out some of the major producers of genetically modified food pretty much hasn't it yes because they're they're hoping to get they what they're aiming for is a fait accompli what they want is for all of the food to be 
have its own form of genetic pollution, which confers um, a patent or an intellectual property to that um, food source, to the biotech developers who inserted the original genetic material. So it's really over a patenting of the food source. That's what is the major motivator behind this. And the reason why is because there's big money to be made. Mm -hmm. There's big money being made. You can patent food. Yes. Create your own food in the laboratory combining DNA and then this is food that I invented, and so it belongs to me, and I'm patenting it as but, a big corporation. But the thing is, is that the you know food comes from organisms that are alive and in the environment, <laughs> and there is no product recall with a genetically engineered organism. It's put out into the open environment. Whole fields may be grown of a genetically engineered crop, and there's no product recall. You cannot get those genes back into the laboratory once they've been released. And the wind blows and carries them wherever they Bees be. pollinate, geese fly from field to field, going down the landscape of the country on their way from here to there. Mm-hmm. Deer go through fields. I mean, genes have always drifted within the landscape. It's what they're meant to do. Mm-hmm. And when you're, when you're dealing with things that are evolutionary have an evolutionary precedent it's one thing when you're dealing with with dna that does not have an evolutionary precedent you are throwing in a wild card and no scientist can predict where it's going to end up or what impact it's going to have and they do admit that there will be unintended consequences and that's Mm. what people in mendocino county and people around the country are wanting to say wait a minute let's what about the precautionary principle what about looking before you leap what about testing these things and and leaving a trail like labeling so that we can trace problems back to their source rather than waiting for you know 30 years of problems to creep into public health or the environment and not have a good way to trace it so uh, man, we could talk for nine hours on yes. this subject. <laughs> I wonder if your listeners even know what genetic engineering involves and how it's different from traditional. Um, that could be an entire show in itself. Yeah. I'm not sure if I know everything to do with genetic engineering. I mean, I, the basics I know of is uh, putting DNA from one thing into another thing, maybe taking the DNA from a mosquito and putting it into a fish. I mean, I'm making that up. Maybe they, mm. they do that sort of thing. I don't know. Taking, heard somebody taking a DNA from a fish and putting it into a tomato, something like that. that that's just very strange. But that's, those are the kind of things they're doing. The idea is to make the food, their positive ideas is, well, the food will be preserved longer and, and maybe we can make it more red. People like red colored food. Maybe we can make it more white or green, you know. Uh, take just a brief musical break here for a second and think about what we can do to, to wrap things up and maybe what people can do. It's a short half hour. <laughs> it goes by very quickly. Mm-hmm. This is WCBN, and I'm talking to Claire Mader from the Sierra Club's National GMO Committee. We'll be right back in just a second.
Okay, some lively music there you might hear on a farm or somewhere else. That's uh, Allison Brown, and that is Shake and Howdy. So, Howdy, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. A few minutes to go, and then Ed Special will help you to face the music. I'm here with Claire Mater from the Sierra Club. Hello again. Hi. And uh, we're talking about the farm bill and genetically modified food, and what's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to recap a little bit about where we've been in our discussion, and this mm-hmm. has been the half, fastest half hour I think I've had in a long time. The wind blows, it does. Yes. Yeah. And um, so the farm bill, there are things to advocate for, things to oppose, one big thing to oppose, and that's where we where we left off here before the musical break, and um, opposing Section 123 of the farm bill. Um, which would eliminate public voice from uh, food safety laws and from food and farming laws in general. Um, This is the one to call your representatives in Washington today. Um, The House version of the Farm Bill will be released tomorrow or within the next couple of days. The Senate will begin working on their version of the Farm Bill very quickly. And this whole deal will be, you know, struck within the next couple of months. It'll be a done deal. The time to speak up is now because um, this thing is moving faster than a moving freight train. And it is a thing, isn't it? It is, and we're the all the farm just, bill thing. The farm bill thing, and like I said, Michael Poland says it should be renamed the food bill, and I'd be all for that because mm-hmm. it's direct, directly related to what we will have and what we do have available to us in the public feeding um, food system that we have, and if we want to maintain our sense of choice and control over what those choices are, we need to act, and we need to speak up, and we need to recognize that this is ours. It's our issue. It's not just up to the commodity growers and the Farm Bureau and the big agribusiness um, associations that have already been commandeering the whole program for a long time. It's time for citizens to jump in and take action themselves. And that's that's pretty much sums up a lot of that right now. The farm bill in Congress right now being discussed and being picked apart and put back together. And there's still a lot of opportunities to tell people what you think should and shouldn't be in the bill. And you were mentioning earlier that Senator Debbie Stabenow from Michigan is on which committee? She's, She's on the Senate Agriculture Committee. And Tim Wahlberg is on the House Agriculture Committee. So those are two people we have direct as- access to as constituents in the state of Michigan. Um, who we need to be talking to either directly or through their uh, the people in their offices and and you know just raise a raise your voice and let your voice be heard. Also, go to the centerforfoodsafety.org website and look for um, a way to respond to the legislation um, initiative of Section One Two Three of the Farm Bill, and it, they will give you a very quick and easy uh, way and very clean way. To respond, your, respond and voice your opposition to that section of the food bill that would basically cut out the public's participation in food safety, animal safety, and environmental concerns as they register in food and farming in, in Michigan and all throughout the nation. The website again is centerforfoodsafety.org. Yes. And... We've we've chewed a lot here in the last half hour. Yeah, I wish that we had more time to talk about genetically engineered organisms. I hope that we can do that a different time, Mike. Sure, definitely. Well, I'm thinking, you know, uh, corporations will probably be around for a while. You can't get rid of all of them, but it, they shouldn't be the only folks that decide what we eat. And it doesn't seem like 
it should be that local governments, townships and cities and states shouldn't be allowed to decide what their people can eat. It, to just have the federal government make all the decisions, I don't know. It seems like there's been a lot of talk of states' rights, and this is exactly the opposite of that. So, It is, and yeah. it's a dangerous track we're on because with the introduction of GMOs, we have already, um, we know the, that there's an increased possibility for allergies, new allergies that have never been seen before, new toxins that have never been seen before, and all kinds of hazards in the environment that will be uncontrollable. So really, take action, and thanks for having me on the show, Mike. Thank you, Claire. Claire Mater from the Sierra Club's National GMO Committee. Really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks. And it's WCBN FM Ann Arbor at 7 o'clock, and in a moment, Ed Special will help you face the music. Thank you for tuning in, and keep on doing that. Good evening. 